Welcome to the CityGate Church podcast. Today's message was recorded at our live Sunday services, and we hope that it encourages you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Well, today, without any further ado, we are thrilled to have Pastor Jason Cast from C7 Church in Glasgow. And um, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and give honour where honour is due as I invite Pastor Jason and we're going to give him a huge God bless you to the platform this morning. Well, City Gates, how you doing this morning? I mean, I'm not joking. How good was that worship? Dang. Holy Spirit was in the house. He's not, he's not left. He's here, isn't he? I, and I I'm not a feely type of person, but I could feel him. Could you feel him this morning? You may not have. That's okay. I'm just more blessed than you today. <laughs> not really. You can take a seat. But I just want to thank um, Julie and Sharon for being such great friends to us. And we love them dearly, Laura and I, and are thankful for people that God places in your world. And we must have must be knowing each other now at least 15 years, 15, 16 years, and um, doing life together. You know, as a, I'm an uncle in the house, really. You know, I'm, I'm past the guest part. I'm an uncle. But um, I, I look for things, and I, I, I try and smell what God's doing. And do and, uh, you know God has a smell? He's called the Rose of Sharon. Come on. Come on, he is. I think I smelled him once. I think I did. I did. I was uh, praying for my brother-in-law, and I was with my, my sisters. And as we're praying, this was many years ago back in Sydney land. And uh, as I'm praying for him, I'm thinking, boy, what aftershave has he got on? Smells amazing. <laughs> it just, it just is an aroma. So after we finished praying for him, I said, what are you wearing, mate? That is awesome. He goes, I'm not wearing anything. And I went, ooh, you know, those little moments. Whether that was true or not. <laughs> but I believe God wants to give us experiences. I believe God wants to give us encounters. He, he wants to help us understand that he's with us. And we are living in significant days, are we not? Challenging days? No? Challenging days. We are in challenging days. Come on. you got to face what it is. Otherwise, you put your head in the sand and go, it's not existing. We are living in challenging days. But thanks be to God, greater is He who is in us than he that is in the world. So I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged with what's going on here. I'm encouraging... With what's going on in Glasgow, God is on the move. But how many know we need a tide change? How many know there's things that got to shift? How many know that the gospel is the power that brings that shift? How many know when Jesus came, He changed the world? How many know that every nation in the world before Christ came had a God? And when the gospel was preached, it removed that God. That's what happened. But now we have a return. So we have to stand again in the power and the authority of the gospel and preach the gospel with power and with love and see it shift again. Yeah. 
How many are up for the journey? And so that's what I want to talk to you today about is the whole area of significance. We are called to live significant lives. We are called to bring a message of hope and of life to a generation that really desperately needs it. Desperately needs it. And I want to encourage you today. It's a time to get strong. Come on. You might have come in weak today and you might be having a, a tough season. Hey, listen, we all have that T-shirt. We all have those moments. But God does not want to leave you weak. He doesn't want to leave you weak. He wants you to get strong. It's time to get strong. Turn to the person next to you and say, come on, it's time to get strong. You have to be strong in these days. You're going to have to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You're going to have to know who you are. You're going to have to understand that who you're identifying yourself with. And that's what happens the moment you become a witnesser of Christ. You become a Christian that says, I, I identify as a believer. I'm declaring that I'm a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who I am. If you haven't worked it out by yet as a believer, we are in a kingdom surrounded by another kingdom. So imagine for a moment on this side of the platform, your left, my right, is what we'd call the, the kingdom of Satan. The Bible calls him the God of this world, okay? We are living in a world that is full of, in this kingdom, full of evil, full of impurity, full of lust, full of idolatry, all types of weird and wonderful thinking, not that I would call it wonderful, and full of negativity, now let's for a moment go on this side of the platform and talk about what is in this kingdom. And in this kingdom is righteousness. In this kingdom is peace. In this kingdom is joy in the Holy Ghost. In this kingdom is purity. And in this kingdom is positivity. That's the kingdom the believer is in. But we are dealing with a kingdom over here which we were all once in. And then in the middle of the stage for a moment, if you can imagine a big cross, a big cross right in the middle. See, nothing of this kingdom and this kingdom match. They are totally opposed to each other. This kingdom is totally negative and this kingdom is totally positive. So what happens for all of us is when we were in this kingdom, all the lusts of the world, all the things of impurities and all the stuff that's got a hold of us, we came to this middle point called the cross. And we put everything of the cross, of our life that is in error on that cross. And we moved into another kingdom. And that's called the kingdom of God. Are you with me? In this kingdom... There is a Lord, and His name is Jesus. Yeah? We were singing about Him this morning. And in this kingdom, there is a Lord. And that Lord is called self. So when you're in this kingdom, life is all about you. All you get to do and how you put yourself first. In this kingdom, it's all about Him and others. 
So I've been teaching our church because they, they, they need to catch up to where you guys are at about doing a journey from a place of survival to significance. So we, from survival, you've got to get stable, but you've got to learn the principles. What do you do when you're in a season of survival? Anyone been through a season of survival? Well, what's wrong with you guys? Perfect. I've definitely had seasons of survival. Survival isn't always horrendous. Survival is a new level. Never been there before, never done it before. You're in a survival land. It's a blank canvas. It's an opportunity. You've got to move survival to stability. You've got to get solid. But you can't stay in stability. You've got to move to success. I tell you, my church loved the series of success. Oh, because it's all about them. How you can become good and how you can go forward and how you can live the life that God wants you to live and how cool that is because God has called you to live a successful life. But what He really wants to get you to is significance. And significance is living for others. And if we're going to start to change our local living areas, our communities and our neighbourhood, and our workplace, we have to get into the place of significance. It's not, a, it's not an easy place to get to. I don't think many Christians get there. I think you look at the story of Elijah and Elisha, and I think I may have done that series, or at least a message here before on that, where they take a journey to significance, and Elisha at the end of it, at the Jordan, is the God of Elijah. We all want to get to that place, don't we? I believe that place is where the Apostle Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live, I now live by faith in the Son of God. We are dealing with two kingdoms in our life and our flesh wants to sit in this kingdom. 1 Corinthians 10 talks about five different sins that has the potential to stopping us going into all that God's got for us. And you have to bring those sins to the place of the cross. How many know you can't pray the flesh away? You can't pray the flesh away. You can't come up to Pastor Julian after the service and say, can you pray this fleshly thing out of my life? No, the Bible says you've got to crucify the flesh. You've got to bring it to the cross and say, God, I'm, I'm no longer walking in that. I'm repenting of it. I'm turning away from it. I'm embracing the fullness of this kingdom over here and all that it's got, got to offer. Are you with me so far? So for, in order for us to get on mission, I am sensing City Gate. You are poised to do something significantly. I, I, I am sensing something of God in this place to get you on mission. I know on your pastor's heart is that you would be stirred up to reach people like you've never reached them before. He's not just talking about this on a Sunday when we have meals together and coffees together and phone calls together, which we have almost every week. We talk about the life of the kingdom and he's talking regularly to me about he wants to see more souls come to Christ. So what you are hearing from the heart of your pastor is not just a Sunday moment, it is something that is burning in his heart because I believe God has put that on his heart. My question to you today, is it on your heart? Is it on your heart to get on mission and get involved with what God's doing on planet 
earth right now, and particularly London town, where God has placed you. See, we've got to start thinking about others. In order to do that, we've got to get some Scripture into us. If you haven't worked it out yet, God's major emphasis on your life in terms of the cornerstone of your character is the word faithful. God builds on faithfulness. Sometimes we think the majors of love are important. And hey, listen, in terms of our motive, there's no greater thing than love, right? But he doesn't say well done and loving person. He says, well done, good and faithful person. Faithfulness is a characteristic that God builds on. God is first holy and then He is loving. He is first pure. That's why the Bible says the wisdom of God is first pure and then peaceable. And so when you start to understand the nature and the characteristic of God, it stirs you up to be some, wanting to be something like Him. Are you with me so far? 2 Timothy chapter 2 says this, verses 1 to 2. So you, my son, be strong. Everybody say, be strong. Constantly strengthened and empowered in the grace that is to be found in Christ Jesus. You'll notice regularly through the Scriptures, it talks about being strong. The things, the doctrine, the precepts and the admonitions, the sum of my ministry, which you have heard me teach in the presence of many witnesses and trust as a treasure to reliable and faithful men who will also be capable and qualified to teach others. That's the amplified version. I want to read the NIV version. And it's, oh, sorry, the New King James version. It says this, And the things you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. The New Living Translation says this, You've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy or faithful people who will be able to pass on to others. There is a tremendous encouragement to continue to pass on the things you have received. Has anybody received something wonderful from God? Yeah. Who's ever been to church and you go, wow, God spoke to my heart and you receive something? Well, it can bless your life and make your life successful. But if you want to become significant, you got to pass it on to somebody else. That's the challenge, isn't it? That's the challenge when it comes to the gospel. The gospel is a, is an, is a really, it's a command of, of Jesus himself to go out and preach a transforming word. That that transforming word will get a hold of people's hearts and deal with the issues of the flesh, deal with the issues of self, and move them in this beautiful kingdom of life. And life that promises abundance, life that promises freedom, life that promises healing and health, life that promises every provision will be met. And yet there is this torn between the two kingdoms wrestling in the believer's life. We have a desire to live for God, yet we feel drawn into this other kingdom which we once delivered from. So we have to potentially challenge ourselves to come to the cross again, 
Get refreshed about what the cross is all about. Begin to share your testimony and your story about what God has done in other people's lives. And you are then a beneficiary of that because it reminds you of what God's done for you. And you begin to see neighbourhoods and cities changed. Do we believe today that this whole area that you are living in, Bromley, Croydon, London, can experience a revival? Do you believe that? Do you believe that God, through your life, through your life, can change your next door neighbours? Do you believe that? Do you believe that the, the gospel is the power that can transform a life? Do you believe that Jesus forgives sins? Do you believe that Jesus is the answer to the brokenness of humanity? Do you believe that today? Can you look me in the eye and convince me? Can you convince me today that you believe that the gospel is the power that transforms cities and nations? Come on. I think we've got to go there. Do you believe? Why don't we say this together? I believe that the gospel. Come on, let's say it with a bit more conviction. That the gospel is the power that saves. <laughs> you know, I do a lot of leadership coaching. And um, I do this one-on-one. And I do it with the unchurched. I don't quote a verse, but I'm quoting a verse. <laughs> and I'll get them to say three good things about themselves. And I'll say, tell me, sir, what are three good things about your life and they, they struggle. They struggle. And they spit out a couple of things. Oh, I'm loyal. I'm not loyal. And, and I tell me one, good, one negative thing about your life and instantly something comes out. So what is that? You're so good at finding the negative. And I'm realising that they're living in this kingdom. This is a kingdom of negativity. <laughs> There's nothing negative in this kingdom. There's nothing negative in this kingdom at all. But there's plenty of negativity in this kingdom. So I'll say to somebody, listen, give me three things. Three things. And then eventually they spit the three things out. And I say, look me in the eyes. Convince me. And I'll say it again. And I'll go, come on. I'm not convinced. I say, say it again. I do it three or four times. When they get over the embarrassment and they finally go, this is who I am takes about 30 seconds and I always ask him this question straight after I said tell me the truth do you feel better having said those three things and they say yes I said how long did that take 30 seconds what would happen if you practice this every day of your life see if the believer understood the power of confession if you understood the power of the Word of God, if you'd understand the power of how the gospel transforms lives, and when you have a conviction that the gospel is the power that saves. So I believe you've got to use all the means that you have to reach out to some people. Talking to Dave, as he picked me up from, from the hotel this morning to bring me to church, he was telling me how he loves sharing his faith as a bus driver in the workplace that he's involved in. He loves to share his faith. And, and I, I'm encouraged. I love to share my faith. And I'm sharing my faith with a, a, a young fellow at the moment who's a, who wants to be a business person. 
And I spoke at a business um, meeting a number of months ago. And I connected with him. He turned up to church on Sunday, two weeks ago. He said, I want to learn some of that leadership stuff. I said, well, come on, we'll do a one-on-one together. As I'm talking to him, he's talking a lot of spiritual stuff. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I said, listen, do you want to talk leadership or do you want to talk faith? Which one do you want to talk about? I said, how about we do both? I'll do a leadership session with you on a Tuesday and I'll do a faith session with you on a Wednesday. So we did that this week gone. And I'll tell you something. When you start to get a boldness in the Holy Ghost, something begins to shift and begins to move and that's when lives begin to change. Who's believing your next door neighbour needs Jesus? Do you believe that? Over the last number of months, I'm just going to tell you a few stories just to encourage you. I'm, I would hope that I live what I preach. You know, we, we've been believing God for our friends and our neighbours to come to Christ. So I think the first thing I've got to do is I've got to pray daily and bring them before God. That's the challenge. That's a challenge. So I, I'm not that good at remembering every, other, every one of my neighbours' names. You're probably really good at it. I'm not that good, so I've got to write them down. So I open up my app, and there's the 23, 24 names of my local neighbours who I just say, Lord, would you, get, would you get Doug? God, would you get Ann? God, would you get Stuart? And sometimes it's just the name mentioned. Sometimes it's a whole in one go. Other times I'm, I'm standing in the gap. But every day, by the grace of God, I'm bringing them before the Lord. A couple of months ago, we went around our neighbourhood and we said to our neighbours, hey, we want to throw a barbecue on because that's what Aussies do in Scotland. <laughs> it's funny, you know, knocking on doors these days, even if they're neighbours, they think, what's wrong? You find that? It's almost like you're intruding. What do you want? <laughs> we got a couple of those and we're like, I was like shocked. They says, hey, listen, we'd love to get to know the neighbourhood a little bit. I'm going to get to know the neighbourhood. Hey, we're going we're to throw in a barbecue. You don't need to bring anything. Just come. And, oh, that's so nice of you. And they all turn up because the Scots love free food. <laughs> Took on a big barbecue. Just connect. We're not talking Jesus at that point. We're just connecting. But we're going to do it again just before our Christmas spec. We're going to invite them all over because we're going to invite them to the carols. But you've got to start praying for them if you're going to see it released. I, I, I've been praying for Laura's family who, they're on my list as well, who don't know Christ. And every day I mention them by name. I say, Lord, would you get a hold of them? God's on one of them right now. One of them right now. We, we celebrated um, a 60th birthday in the family and, and I just went, God, if, you, if, if tonight is a good night, could you give me somebody who I can share my faith with? Because I love to be open to share my faith. Does anyone love to be open to share your faith? You've got to come back to a few things. That's why I did with you before. Do you believe that the gospel is the power that transforms lives? If you don't, you're going to struggle sharing your faith. You're going to struggle uh, letting people that he can transform a life. 
And we're living in a scary day. We're living in a council culture day. We're living in a day where, you know, Christians are getting hammered. Come on. We're getting hammered because of what we believe. But it takes a boldness to do it with love and kindness and gentleness and with an art of surgery, how to bring a gospel message that is going to speak right into the heart of where somebody's at. See, it's not just a a one-way message, is it? Is the gospel is multifaceted in the one person called Jesus Christ. Sometimes you're talking about His kindness. Sometimes you're talking about His forgiveness. Sometimes you're talking about His power. It is multifaceted. And so it's not one, it's the one message, but delivered in so many different ways. So I said to, to the Lord that night, I said, Lord, would you, would you give me an opportunity so I sat next to an uncle of Laura's who I hadn't really met. And he rabbited the whole night for quite a while. And I thought, well, he's maybe not the guy to talk to tonight. <laughs> so what I didn't know was that the Lord was going to line up Laura's sister to come and sit with me going through a challenging season. I thought, I'm going to go there. So I presented the gospel and the power of Jesus. Not in a way to say you need to get in here right now, but in a way that says I want to know some more. So then two weeks later, she rings Laura and says, listen, I want to come to church. So she, she comes to church. So I'm, I'm looking for the response. No response that day. No response that day. She messages Laura last week and says, look, there's something going on in me. I'm not sure what's going on, but I can feel a change. She says, I want to talk. How many know the Holy Spirit is beginning to move? See, if you're going to live a significant life, you have to pass on what you've been given. Are are you getting this thing? See, the, the power of the Holy Spirit is in operation as you move. I got a revelation many years ago that God moves on movement. If you don't move, he don't move. You move, he moves. So can I encourage you today? Just start by praying. Just start by praying. And commit to praying. Commit to praying. Commit to praying. See, every revival we read in history that has transformed cities was always preceded Always preceded by prayer. I was listening a little bit to a legend who's now gone to be with the Lord last night after I had a meal with Julian. A guy called Yongi Cho. Oh, dear God, I feel so convicted. (laughs) You can't deny the results that he had. Can't deny it. He would pray five hours a day. He, he jokes about it. He says, you know, when I started, I only had five people in my church. I had nothing else to do but to pray. <laughs> but he prayed and he began to believe God for 30 people. And then he began to believe God for 300 people. And then he said, God, if I get to 3,000, I'll be a happy pastor. <laughs> he gets to 3,000. He thought, I'm going to have some rest. God says, I want you to believe for 30,000. Oh, Lord, I can't do 30,000, he says. 
And he prays and he gets a vision. He says, you first got to see it and then faith kicks in as you see it. He says, I close my eyes and I see it and I open my eyes and I see that. Can you know, sometimes the vision of what you see and what you see are two different things. Sometimes you just get in your moments when things are not happening for you, just close your eyes. Let's go, Lord, I see. I see. He hits 30,000 and... And he thinks, that's it. Thank you, Lord. I mean, this is rocking and rolling now. And God says, I want you to believe for 100,000. And God says, I want you to believe for half a million. And I want you to believe for a million. You know, last count, I think he had 700,000 in his church. But if you think about the other churches that he planted, because he planted hundreds of churches, it was well over a million people that he was reaching through his church. Remember, Korea about 70 years ago, was 1% Christian. 70 years later, 48%. South Korea, South Korea. Come on, how many know God can do it? How many know God can do it? We want to live a significant life. What would happen if you preached the gospel? What would happen if you shared your faith? What would happen? What would happen? Let me give you a few things that would happen if you actively shared your faith. I'll tell you what happens to you. It keeps your faith and your hope high. Because every time you share your faith, you are reminded of what you have. It causes you to present an answer to humanity. It, un- it helps you to understand that you get what the big picture of life in the kingdom is. I, I can't, encourage, can't encourage you enough. You are part of a bigger picture. And that bigger picture, God wants you to be a part of. If you are going to live in significance, your dream is secondary to the bigger dream. That's a hard one as we journey our walk with God. But it's an important one. You are never as important as the big picture. I am never as important as the big picture. Though God has a great plan for your life and though God has a great purpose for your life, it is a part of a big picture. I heard recently, I don't know how true these stats are. It was an American stat, probably an American but they said only 4% of Christians share their faith. 4%, if that's true, if that is true, if that is true, what would happen if we all banded together over the next 12 months and said, God, we're going to commit to praying and we're going to commit to reaching a hand out and we're going to get in the rescue mission? Do you know the gospel is a rescue mission? Do you realize that people are going from darkness to light? Do you realize they're going from death to life? Do you realize that the responsibility of the Great Commission is on the believer that has been empowered by the Holy Spirit so that you can go out and be who you need to be? And I want to encourage you and stir you today to get mobilized. Julian's been teaching, you've had a lot of... Great teaching on discipleship and sharing. If I can just commission you again on, on the back of what the Lord has already told you, get going for it and get a part of it.
Whether you're going to go out to your friends and your neighbours or you're going to go to your work colleagues, whether someone you're going to stick with for a long time or people that you're going to pass on the street, wherever your moment is, would you be willing on a daily basis to say, Lord, I'm open today. I'm open today. If there is somebody here that you want me to reach out to, could I be that vessel? Come on, we can't just sing the songs in church. We can't just speak that He's all the power and the healing. We've got, we've, got to, we've got to get some action moving and we've got to get some of the Word out of our mouth. I was writing down a few things over the years that I, I've had the privilege of sharing in different contexts. I've door knocked. Anyone door knocked? Come on, who's door knocked? I tried at least once because you're going to get a lot of doors slammed in your face. It's an experience, but I've led people to Christ through door knocking. I remember there's one particular lady who, who came to Christ. She was addicted to drugs. And, and uh, we managed to share our faith with her and she gave her life to Jesus. And for a number of weeks, she did the Bible study with us. And unfortunately, she passed away through a tragic death. But I think, thank God, we shared the gospel with her. Because my theology says there is a heaven and there is a hell. And that heaven needs to be populated. See, when you are actively sharing your faith, you set yourself up for signs, wonders and miracles. How many know that God backs the preaching of His Word? How many want to see signs, wonders and miracles? Come on, how many want to see signs, wonders and miracles? How many know that the early church were under threat? And they were under threat about the gospel and sharing the gospel. We are kind of in those days again. How many would love to live in biblical days? How many know you're living in them today? You're living in them today. We are in a day of history where the gospel is being squashed. And it's going to take a bold Christian to stand up and declare the gospel in power and authority and in love. Amen. But imagine we're doing it all together. Imagine we're all doing our bit. We're all reaching out with some love. And, you know, the barrier of fear, the barrier of I don't know if I'm good enough, the barrier of, you know, I'm just a silent witness. Friend, can I encourage you today? You've got to overcome those barriers. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That is not for your dream. Paul is talking to Timothy. And Timothy needs to be a witness for Christ. We are putting Scriptures, and it's okay, just for our own life. But Scripture is often for the lives of others. And we've got to turn it on the inside out. If you want to live a significant life, you want to make a mark so that the generations. How many want your kids growing up healthy? Come on, how many want your grandkids growing up healthy? Come on, how many know there are distorted languages and distorted communication out there right now? A lot of confusion. And how many know the kingdom is not a God, is not a confusing kingdom, it's a kingdom of peace. Come on, you've got a message of peace. I love sharing my faith because people are so illogical and you bring logic. And people go, that makes sense. Well, of course it makes sense. There is a God in heaven who created the world to have relationship with humanity, that He would be a king over His kingdom with a royal family. And then the royal family said, no, we'll do it ourselves. So we got busted. Yeah. 
it got busted. So it needs a redeemer. It needs a salvation. It needs a moment where the king comes back in and says, I'm going to restore the whole thing. But through his love, he says, here's a choice. I'm not going to force you to love me. I'm not going to force you to receive the gift. And I tell you, when you tell people that stuff, they go, that makes sense. Very few people I share the gospel, even if they're an atheist. Even if they're an atheist, they don't go, that doesn't make sense. Because everybody knows they've sinned. They just don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to get rid of it. Now, what we've got to believe for is the intellect drops down to the heart. Because you can't get saved through the intellect. You get saved through the heart. Well, you believe that Christ died and He rose again. See, when you get this spirit of fire, say, I don't know enough. Listen, we all start in that place. But don't use that for the rest of your life. Have a go, you mug. Tell your story, tell your, tell your testimony. <laughs> Scare a few people. I don't know. Make a few mistakes. Have a go. Because you, God will use your stumbling and touch somebody. He will. I'm talking with my father-in-law at the moment. Sharing the gospel with him. He needs Jesus. My brother. I was on the phone to him this week. He's had a serious operation. I'm thinking he needs to get saved. So I thought it's been a long time since I've shared the gospel with him. So I, I did some of that this week. Come on. Come on. Come on, it's not that hard. Turn to the person and say to them, it's not that hard. I'd encourage you today as I close to ask yourself, do you have a heart for the lost? Because if you have a heart for the lost, you have the heart of Christ. Because Jesus came to seek and save that which was, come on, Jesus came to seek and save that which was, come on, let's say it again, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost, 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 lost. Come on, lost. He came to seek and save you. You got saved. You got found. That message needs to be passed on. Needs to be passed on. Not your job to save. Not your, your job to, to make the transformation. Your job is to be the messenger. Would you be up for being the messenger? Like the early church under threat, what did they do? God, would you back us with signs, Wonders and miracles. As I preach your word, God, would you, would you back it? Would you jump on that? Would you heal that person when I pray for them? Would you give me a word, a prophetic word to speak into that situation of their life? See, if you're open, God will give you stuff. He'll give you stuff. Are you open today? Are you open? Let me tell you one more story just to encourage you. I've made plenty of mistakes witnessing and sharing my faith, but I just keep having a go. Just keep having a go. 
I, I, I was coming back from Edinburgh on a train, sitting next to one of my team. There's a person sitting opposite me. And because, uh, again, I'm open. I'm not talking to every person I'm bumping into. I'm just open. I'm open to the nudge. Are you open to the nudge? Oh, I don't like the nudge. <laughs> Come on. I don't like the nudge sometimes. Why? Because it's inconvenient. Puts us out, in our com- our, out of our comfort zone. But I, I'm in the train going back to Edinburgh. I get that nudge. And my team person's not stopped won't shut up. They're just like, uh, and I'm trying not to be rude by telling it to shut up. I can talk to this one. But so I'm going, what are you saying here, God? I don't get any clarity. I just get the nudge. What's God doing? Move. And then I'll move. I don't like that. I want Him to tell me something. Give me something, Lord. He goes, no, move. Move. I wait for the train to stop. I finally said to this person, will you shut up? I've got to talk to this person. <laughs> so I ran, I chased them, chased them down. I just said, look, and I didn't know what I was going to say. And I just had a word of knowledge about her life. And I just said, are these things happening in your life? She goes, yeah. <laughs> Looked like I was something. I said, listen, I'm not trying to be weird. I'm just trying to tell you there's a God in heaven. There's a God in heaven and knows exactly where you're at. Exactly where you're at. And he loves you dearly. Never saw the person again. I'm in a shopping mall. And as I in the shopping mall, I'm on holidays. I don't witness on holidays. I'm on holidays. Come on, Lord, give me a break. I'm on holidays and I'm in a shopping mall and this person walks next to me. And I feel that nudge again. I said, not today, Lord. <laughs> Next week, I'm on back, but not today. Anyway, that person kept going. And that, I find that the Holy Spirit sometimes is like the hand of heaven. Just keeps, just keeps coming on you. It's just, come on, do it. And I said, all right, and don't, don't make deals with God. I said, if He turns around right now, I'll talk to Him. And boom, it's like he just a woof. <laughs> I was like, dang. I mean, no, obedience also needs willingness. You can't just obey, you need to be willing. But I was very not willing. But I got willing. I said, all right, all right. It's obviously on. And he starts walking. He's about from the end of this auditorium. He's away from me. He starts walking towards me. And I, I, I'm thinking, Lord, what the heck? I don't even know how to stop this bloke. So he's, he's walking down the, not the aisle, but kind of, I sort of just went. <laughs> I, saw, I saw him looking at me. Yes. What's this guy going to do? So I stood in front of him so he couldn't walk around. He couldn't do the keep going bit. I actually stood in front of him. I st- stuck my hand out. I was like, Lord, what do I do here? Shook his hand. I said, with all, all the good Aussies do. I said, g'day, mate. He reluctantly shook my hand. And again, I'm going, but I have a word of knowledge about his life. And I began to talk to him and listed a whole bunch of things. And I said, mate, is that true? He goes, yeah, it is. How do you know that? And I just said, well, there's a God in heaven that loves you dearly. I left it at that. 
See, our job, our job is to be obedient and willing and available. Do I, am, I, am I used to it yet? No. <laughs> no, 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 I wish I was. I don't like it when pastors go, I'm totally used to it, I'm totally good with it. I go, you mongrel, I'm not, I'm not. Maybe one day I'll get there, but I'm not, I'm not. That nudge, oh, I don't like that nudge. Go talk to that, oh, Lord. Is it, it, do I always do it? Well, no. No, sometimes I, 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 I do that, and then I have to repent. Because I also realise that if I keep pushing the nudge down, the nudges don't come anymore. Because you've, lo- you've lost your availability. Whenever I use anybody in the life of our church, I have a number of A's that I work with, but the first word is available. Can I ask you a question today? When it comes to God being first, first, are you available? Are you available? I know we all get nervous like this. I get nervous as I'm preaching, then I'll know what you're going to ask me to do this afternoon. (laughs) But be available. Be available to share your faith. I'm going to finish up the service because I'm gone. Julian's not going to have me back after today. But I want to encourage you and believe with you today for you to move into significance. I'm just exhorting you today. You have brilliant teaching every week, but I'm exhorting you to step up into the mission that God's got for you. You have what it takes to be a great light in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I do want to do one last thing. I'm going to ask everyone to close your eyes and to bow your head and perhaps perhaps you've come into church for the first time and you're hearing a message on how people share faith and it Maybe it's new for you. Maybe the singing, the, the, the music was really connecting with you. Maybe even something of the message began to speak with you. Maybe you've realised that you're living in a different kingdom. And that kingdom's not working for you. But you realise you need God's kingdom. Purity, righteousness, life, peace, joy, forgiveness. Friend, that is unbelievably believably easy to get. If you would just say yes to King Jesus today and you realise that He paid for your sin, that He went to a cross, paid your debt, released you from everything you've ever done wrong and then offers you a gift of eternal life and you say yes to that gift, the Bible says you'll move into His kingdom. And the word is called faith. Faith is simply believing and knowing something on the inside, even though you haven't seen it. And today I believe there are a number of people who need to come into that personal, life-changing relationship with the Lord. Not religion, not church, but Jesus. And today, if that's you and you're going, that's me, Pastor Jay, I want to know Jesus for myself. I want to experience that life that you've been talking about today. I'd love to pray for you right where you're sitting, from where I'm standing. Perhaps today you once made that choice, but you know in the heart of hearts, you're not there anymore. And today, you're making a choice to say yes to King Jesus again. So while every eye is closed, every head is bowed. 
If that's you today, I want you to do a simple thing in a very short moment, and that is to lift up your hand high enough and long enough for me to see. And once I see that hand, I'll know to pray for you. So I'm going to count to three. And after three, if that's you today, be bold, be courageous, lift up that hand, because on the inside you are saying yes to King Jesus, and I'll know to pray for you, and I'll ask you to put your hand back down. So one, He loves you today, friend. Two, this is your moment. And three, all over this room right now, would you quickly lift up that hand high enough and long enough for me to see it? I see that hand in the middle. That's so good. You can put it back down, young man. Over there on my right, awesome. So good. You can put it back down. Others here this morning, would you lift that hand? Over there on my left, that is so good. You can put that hand down. Others here today, would you lift that hand? God's here to meet with you to transform your life. I sure love to include you in this prayer as you've responded in your heart. Just lift that hand right now and let go, that's me. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm coming home. Join these other people before I pray. One last time this morning, if that's you, friend, would you quickly lift that up? Over there on my left. Awesome. You are worth waiting for. In G. Over there on my right. That's so good. Thank you. You can put those hands down. So good. Father, I thank you for each and every one of these hands this morning. And I pray, God, for whatever reason they lifted it, they lifted it for a reason. Lord, I pray you would meet with them right where they are as they say yes to you. So, Lord, let them discover the wonderful saving grace of Jesus today. In your name I pray. Church, can we pray a very simple prayer with everybody that just lifted up their hand? Say this with a big, loud voice. If you, if you lifted it, your hand up. And everyone's going to, in the room's going to pray together, inviting Jesus into your life. Come on, say this after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe today you are the Son of God. And right now, I open up the door of my life and I ask you to come in to be my Lord and to be my Saviour. I receive you now. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, let's give all those people a well done. Congratulations.